0: Welcome to Boutique Radio, where boutique owners learn how to run a business to build a legacy.
1: All right, today we are here with Lindsay Roberts, the founder of Harquin Boutique Bookkeeping Co., and we are sharing some of our key findings from the state of the industry, a look into the boutique industry like never before. Lindsay, for those who might not know you yet, tell everyone a little about yourself and why you started Harquin Bookkeeping, and then let's dive into the state of the industry.
2: All right. So my name's Lindsay. I'm a a mother of a lot of kids. I have a ton of kids. Uh, I'm also a homeschool mom and uh, run a, I would say, semi-successful, by the grace of God, boutique bookkeeping company um, where we do bookkeeping for small businesses of actually all kinds, not just boutiques. I know a lot of people out there own multiple businesses and they're concerned about that. Yeah, we do do a lot of businesses um, as well as payroll and sales tax So that um, business owners don't really have to do their non-passions.
1: Okay, so let's talk about why did we do State of the Industry and what exactly is it?
2: So State of the Industry is a, a questionnaire that we release towards the end of each year. And it's an opportunity for boutique owners to tell us more about their business in a very statistical way so that they can get a benchmark of where they are at in the grand scheme of things. I know it's a it's a curse as a business owner to want to compare yourself to other people. The problem is is when you're comparing it to random people with no context, it can be really scary. For instance, if a, a boutique owner in a Facebook group says, "Yeah, I sold hundred thousand dollars last month and you only sold five thousand, you might say, "Wow, I stink. Right. Or I have a problem or, you know, or this person is a role model all because of just the gross sales. However, out of context, you, mm-hmm. yeah, out of context and out of, out of the two businesses, you might be more profitable than the person who sold a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So that this gives a boutique boutique owners, a safe place to be able to see, okay, am I overworking myself? Am I paying myself enough? What's, am I paying too much in rent? Um, mm-hmm. it, or and even maybe set goals like, wow, everybody else is, I, I think one of the questions was, how long do you spend taking your inventory? I spend a whole week taking my inventory. Uh, and then most people though, spend three hours. What are they doing that I'm not doing? What can I do to improve in that way? Um, You can make goals off of it too. So it's very helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. There it's may so be, great things you don't even realize that could Mm -hmm. be improved and so you can look on these statistics and be like oh well they found a way let's figure this out
1: right okay we want to share some key findings with you all our research found that the majority of boutique owners own only one boutique and did not own any business prior so we have boutique owners coming in with zero business knowledge learning how to run a business there are so many layers and components to owning a business. Lindsay, what should boutique owners know based on this research?
0: Mm, this is a good question. Lindsay, what would you go back now as an experienced business owner? What would you go back and tell yourself, just start
2: now? <laughs> well, the first thing, and I think this is a very good timely reminder, um, especially when, you, when most boutique owners are coming out of their extreme slow season, is that not to panic. I've been now through two quote-unquote economic crashes as a business owner, and I've survived, oh, obviously by the grace of God, not necessarily from my own you know, work necessarily, but economies go up and down. They change. Customers' preferences change. Uh, when we first started, we had to go office to office, and it was very inefficient. <laughs> as you can imagine, driving from one place to another And now we're 100% online. Things change. You change with the times and you can learn how to become more profitable. Um, I always like using other industries as comparison because I just think it's interesting. But we have a baker who before the, you want to quote unquote COVID economy crash, whatever you want to call it, um, was not profitable at all. And now after COVID, he is, is rolling in the dough because it forced him to be, Slim, he Hmm. had a lot of bad habits as a business owner, spending a lot of money he didn't need to spend. And when that happened, it caused him to reform. And um, he is actually a stronger business owner than he has ever been post economy, whatever you want to call it. So, the big Hmm. thing is to learn is to not panic, don't duck out on your business necessarily. Um, Obviously, there are cases and scenarios where people should not be a business owner, but. If you're if you have an established business that did, does well most of the time, if it dips, slow times actually are a blessing to you as a business owner. You can learn from your mistakes, and we'll talk about a little bit later your finances, and you can actually save and plan for the future during these slow times. If you're always busy, you have no time to pause, think, reflect. I, I'm I'm in my busy season right now. It's hard to think about. The future when you're just surviving day to day, because you have so much work coming your way.
0: In a previous episode, we mentioned being in reactionary mode. Mm-hmm. You're just constantly reacting in your busy season. Yeah, it's exhausting
2: too. And we'll talk about that a little bit too. Just mm-hmm. the emotion of it, It's just so exhausting. You're, you pour yourself out every day because you're in that fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And that's just not smart. You miss opportunities. You're not You don't have your eyes open ahead. You're looking down. And that is not a good place to be.
1: Right. So another finding is that very few boutique owners start another business after starting their boutique business. So let's talk about what boutique owners can do now to change this. It sounds like one thing is that being stuck in emotions and getting overwhelmed is a big one, but what else could boutique owners do to prevent this? Because most people who start businesses go on to start businesses thereafter.
2: Right. They have that entrepreneurial spirit. And I love that. I'm a born entrepreneur. Mm. I was an entrepreneur when I was three years old. (laughs) We have documentation. I just love, I just love the thought of being innovative. What'd you say?
0: Lemonade stands.
2: Yes. Well, it was a lot sillier than that. I wish it was that cool, but, (laughs) uh, but yeah, so that's why multiple people own businesses. They, because they're entrepreneurs, they see that opportunity and they go for it. That's the American dream. So, what I would say is one thing you can do to change that is to be uh, outsourcing to professionals. Um, I've mm-hmm. seen so many boutique owners try to do everything, and then years later. They still haven't filed their taxes and they're just ashamed and they, they're like, you know, locked in fear because mm-hmm. they're afraid to speak up. And, and honestly, you can't be good at everything unless you're an accounting professional and you know, bookkeeping, taxes, payroll, payroll taxes, mm-hmm. employment laws, and sales tax and nexus laws. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to be always um, abreast to or or always in your mind. Then you got to switch to the creative side and, right. and find product that has a good enough margin for you to make good money that your clients are going to be happy with and, or your customers rather would be happy to pay, you know, premium dollars for. I don't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be creative and non-creative, whatever you want to call it, black and white. Mm-hmm. I can't do that one day. I have to go personally one day I do businessy things. The other day I do co- creative, I can't switch back and forth. And I know a lot of boutique owners who are creative minded. And that's why we um, started this division of Harquin is because people were getting confused. They're like, Oh, I paid my literally a post in a Facebook group. I paid my, t- my st- sales tax. So I don't need to file with the IRS, not realizing that sales tax yeah. and income taxes are two different taxes. And you know, what all- often happens is when we inherit a new client is we find either they overpaid or underpaid on sales tax because they didn't understand the law or they didn't understand their sales flow and how it was reflecting on their liability. And so oftentimes, well, praise the Lord, oftentimes they've overpaid and we get them a refund. But when, when it's the other direction, there's fines and penalties. I mean, I know a few States that have a minimum $500 fee for being one day late on their sales tax return. You know, you know, you could have outsourced it for 40 bucks, you know, and had the stress off your shoulders. But now that you're a day late, you know, $500 fee plus having to pay the sales tax and then have the stress to do it yourself doesn't really, doesn't really match. Yeah. Right. So like the that.
1: key is you can't be good at everything.
2: Uh, they say jack of all trade is an expert at none.
1: I think is the, the old fashioned saying. So Lindsay, what are some trends you noticed when it came to successful boutiques? Well, one of them for sure is that they treat themselves like a
2: actual business. Mm. There's a, um, a trend, especially now, especially after the whole COVID everyone shop online, boom, that happened where, you know, all my businesses were popping up left and right, that people were doing this as a hobby and their hobby started to make money. And then, Oh no, I was supposed to do this. What day? And oh, no, I'm a year behind on that. And then it just kind of spirals out of control. So the one thing is, is to remember that you are an actual business in the mm-hmm. eyes of the law. Yeah. They don't care if you're a dentist or a boutique. Pay Whether up. Do you like it or not? Yes. <laughs> um, th- you are a business owner. Um, and with that comes responsibility. If you hire employees, you have to treat them a certain way. Not just for niceties, but there's also laws depending on what state you're in. Obviously, the more dramatic ones are New York, Illinois, and California. Wow, that's so odd. Yeah, there's a pattern there. I was just talking to a business owner in LA who said they recently passed a law that you have to pay 40 hours of COVID sick pay plus another 40 hours COVID sick pay for taking care of a relative, and it goes retroactively which he pointed out is against the constitution. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so 80 hours per employee in a state that already is overtaxed. It's very hostile to business. So there's all everybody. Yeah, it hurts everybody. And there's all these laws. And obviously there's certain states that are, are more friendly to business than others, but you are now responsible to either learn it yourself or find somebody you can trust. So that is one of the biggest things that I've seen is they don't treat their business like a hobby. So in the state of the industry, actually, 59% of boutiques were profitable and 40 were unprofitable. That means their net income was either positive or negative. Mm -hmm. That's the number at the bottom of your profit and loss, if you don't know. But the really cool part is that 80% of those profitable boutiques actually had hired a bookkeeper. So knowing their numbers, I know we probably sound like a broken record, but it is just Mm -hmm. that important to hire somebody who knows what they're doing, that gives you real numbers.
0: That knows your industry.
2: Yes. That's what I was going to say. So many people, uh, you know, (laughs) we kind of tease like, oh yeah, my, my brother's girlfriend's aunt used to do bookkeeping 40 years ago. So she's going to be a great bookkeeper. (laughs) Unfortunately, boutique owners have a, actually a difficult industry with all the technology that accepts your money these days. And all of the different ways money flows through platforms, we have seen so many boutique owners overpay in sales tax and income tax just because of the incompetence either of themselves by doing their own bookkeeping, or hiring somebody who doesn't, who's not familiar with retail or online retail. Right. And it's it's not like they're intentionally mean. It's just hard. It is hard. Um, there are industries that are easier than others and boutiques are not one of them. Mm -hmm. So having someone doing your bookkeeping who understands it so you actually have good numbers to work off of is really important. That's so
1: good. All right. So let's talk about the root cause of failure or success in boutique businesses. What do boutique owners need to know about mental health and how to not only protect their relationships while running a boutique business, but also make those relationships a support system for their success? So the biggest thing
2: is I think in all of America, not just boutique owners, Mm -hmm. business owners are forgetting that their business is an asset that they can not just make money off of, but pass on to future generations. Mm -hmm. I was actually just talking to a man about this this past week and he was just really down and out about his business because it happens to be in a state that's not friendly towards business owners and they can't make, he he can't pay them a wage where they can make, you know, a living. And so he was like, you know, I need to do something different. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to start a lawn care business. And he just was like ready to make a giant change that affects his entire family. Um, And this, by the way, business was passed down to him from his parents. Mm -hmm. So I said, what about your kids? Um, Your kids are getting to uh, their early teens you know, what about them? What are they going to do? Are you going to make them start from scratch even though you didn't have to? And it's an industry that he's good at. He just needs to pivot and and change. But I think people forget that giving your children a way to make money to support them and their families mm-hmm. in the future is fabulous. Our economy is built on entrepreneurs and it will always do, even if the, you know, a bubble pops, you want to call it with our economy. I mean, look at the 2008 economy crash. Small business owners came out the woodwork because they couldn't get jobs, mm-hmm. and so uh, small business is always going to be around. So the, that's something to keep in mind: is getting your kids involved because we don't know what the future holds. We don't know, you know, what college is going to be like in a decade, two decades. It's already not so great now, so you I can only imagine. So think about it differently, like yes, you could make money off of this thing and support your family now. And technically, yes, you could probably sell it to somebody else and make money. But what about the next generation? If you have kids, that's something I would really consider. And it's kind of going old school. You know, um, I buy my milk from a dairy farmer Mm -hmm. who's like fifth generation. And it's like, you know, you don't just have to be a farmer to pass down, you know, a business. You could actually be a boutique. I think boutique
0: owners forget sometimes about that aspect because like you said, sometimes they have to get in the mindset of this is a real business. I'm doing real things like I'm making money. And so to sort of shift and think Mm -hmm. about turning it into more of a long-term legacy than just I enjoy this right now Mm -hmm. is hard to jump there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was talking to a shop owner just the other day and she was talking about jumping, jumping into our consulting packages. And I was like, okay, well, what sort of things, you know, you want to dive into? And she's like, well, I want to set this up for my children to take it over in a couple mm-hmm. of years. I'm going to retire. I'm going to pass it on to them. And I want to make sure it's strong
2: and everything's awesome. in place.
0: So it's an important thing.
2: Yeah, that's a, a gym. Yeah. I don't know many people like that, but that mm-hmm. that's really smart. And there's a biblical yeah. precedent. Yes. It's, that's why I was telling the guy this week, I said, yeah, you can save $100,000 and give it to your kid one day, but how the $100,000 now is going to be like 20,000 then, <laughs> like depending mm-hmm. on how the economy goes. So $100,000 isn't that great of an inheritance, right? Like it is, but it's not that great. Yeah. So something like, you know, if you teach uh, some Amanda Fish kind of deal. Like mm-hmm. hey they can actually support themselves off of this thing. So yes, I agree. It's it's an inheritance and I think that's fabulous.
1: Well, I think this big picture like hobby versus legacy. Those are two completely different things. One mm-hmm. serves self only and the other is thinking about future generations. So totally different ideas and the legacy is going to be much more fulfilling than just a hobby that where you're just spinning your wheels and not treating it like a real business and it has no real purpose. But so getting into like the smaller pieces, we found that 35% of boutique owners work more than 46 hours a week. Lindsay, let's speak to that for a second and mistakes boutique owners make. So um, in that regard, I think
2: one of the biggest mistakes people make is working a lot. Mm. I uh, talked to a business owner who his dad was a business owner and he said, he was an architect. He was a really great dad. He provided for us. We always had the nicest shoes. We went to a private school. We always had cars to drive. And I was very thankful for those things. But as an adult, all I can remember is he was never there. And so we have to remember too, that we only have one life to live. When we are on our deathbed, we're not going to think back and say, man, I wish I would have made an extra buck here and there. We're going to cherish our memories of raising our families and, the future generations. So that's something that it's countercultural to think that way, but it's something we really need to think of. And now, now mind you, I'm working a lot of hours right now. I'm in my peak season, but there are certain seasons that are busy than others. Everyone knows that Black Friday to Christmas is your busy season. Like that for sure is. You can plan ahead for that. But if it's like that all the time, then there's a problem. You should be thinking of different ways to balance your life. You can honestly develop health issues by working too much.
0: Yeah,
2: I talked to another business owner who has who had to sell his business because his wife is unhealthy and has some major medical issues. And so I was like, oh man, that's like I was hoping when he sold his business he'd be able to enjoy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so not for him. So the the reason we bring that up is because uh, we want to talk about the mistake of not having proper balance. Mm-hmm. And um, and I want to make a point to the our last point too is when you're thinking about your business like a legacy. On your bad days, it's going to help you get through your bad days better. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to duck out and look at your business like it's a burden and it's like a succubus that just drains the life out of you. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I have a bad day, and that's okay. I have this bigger goal I'm working towards, and it's yeah. fine. I'll be
1: fine. Everyone's is subject to a bad day, so. But yeah, so when we're looking at solutions to these mistakes, having that big picture purpose and meaning is key. So that's a huge sort of mental health shift. And then on very practical levels, outsourcing, like we had mentioned. And then when you do having a relationship with your bookkeeper, that's big. And people don't think about that all the time.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a mental for some reason, some people look at bookkeepers like there's like an app and like we're like this like computer program who just you know your bookkeeper is your partner in in your business it's a team member you're you're making a team that or you're building a team rather that is going to help you be successful and well rounded so look at your bookkeeper like they're your asset If there's something you're confused about, just talk to them like you would any other relationship in your life. Ask questions, uh, make sure they understand what your goals are, what you're working towards, and maybe even say, hey, this this is what I want to see because I'm trying to determine, you know, if online or boutique is more profitable for me, can you please make my financials show online and, and brick and mortar sales separately? Mm-hmm. so that i can make that determination you know those kind of things you need to have those conversations i will tell you that bookkeepers can't read minds either every boutique owner is different and they all have different preferences so just have a relationship with your bookkeeper talk to them they're people too they have kids too and you'll have a long-term friendship with that person because they care about you and they are taking care of a really important aspect of your life/business
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's your finances. Yeah. It's huge. We loved being able to share some of the key results from Harquin's boutique state of the industry with you all. And if you're not already enrolled in boutique school, now is the time. Lindsay is sharing the full results in training videos with tips and tools that you can apply to your business this year. We are also including the downloadable state of the industry guide to give you a visual of what's going on. Now is the time to treat your boutique like a real business and invest in it so you can reap the rewards. Boutique School is our online resource to equip boutique owners with new trainings added every month from our boutique bookkeeping experts. You can enroll in Boutique School by clicking the link in the podcast description or go to our website www.boutiquebookkeeping.co forward slash boutique school.